Before we start, I just want to have a brief moment of silence for all of the lost Morgan Riddle get ready with me's because Taylor is a flop. Taylor is. Um, I do have to protest for one reason and one reason only, and that's because a moment of silence doesn't work that well in a podcast format. <laughs> just, you know, pause the podcast, take a mental mm-hmm. moment of silence, and then return to yes. us. Take however long you need, mm-hmm. and then and then let us know. But We'll still be here. I just, it's... <laughs> It's so devastating. It's like, so bad. It's really sad. Um, and I think that's the biggest biggest loss from today. Yeah. For me. It, somehow. Sorry, Casper. Yeah. Casper's is particularly devastating because of who he lost to. Taylor's is just, I, I lost my champion that I picked in my draw, and I don't get to see more of Morgan Riddle. I just saw her Australian Open goodbye post, see you next year, Australia, and I was like, devastated. Ouch. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's first thing on my feed. This is Backhands and Compliments. I'm Miranda. And I'm Katie. And today we're talking about the first two rounds of the Australian Open 2023. Not me just forgetting what year it is. Honestly, could be 2022 considering they keep pushing the season back. Very true. Technically it did start in 2022, so really sad. I'm, I'm just going to miss Morgan. Like when I woke up this morning, it felt like that TikTok audio that, you know, is like something not that chill happened last night. <laughs> That is how I felt this morning. I was like, oh my god, just carnage. Woke up to absolute carnage. Absolutely a bloodbath. And the only people who are left are Americans. Not the right one. No, definitely not the right ones. But it is funny that like of the 32 players left in the draw, eight of them are American. And Katie, I know you're not that good at math, but that is 25%. That's crazy. Thank you for telling me because I would have sat here for five minutes being like, what's the percent of that? It is 25. So... Congratulations. I will say my favorite wag left in in operation at this moment is, in fact, Papa Rublev. So (laughs) at least we still have that. At least we still have that. We'll always have Papa Rublev. Probably not, but... Will we, though? (laughs) I don't know if we will. Just hope Karen continues. (laughs) Yeah. So speaking of the people that are left, I think we're going to mostly... We're going to start off talking about round one, then talk about round two, just for a little bit of chronological order there. But it is very interesting to me just exactly who is left. I'm referencing the draw that I have printed out Mm -hmm. um, in order to look at this, which is a little bit ridiculous, but overall, fine, whatever. We move. We move. Speaking of the people that are left, I have a system when I am filling out my draw. And my system involves like these little colored post-it note things that I have, page flags, I guess. And it's color-coded. So I have like my pink flagged people, which are my faves. I have my orange flagged people, which are like people I don't love, but like I pay attention to. And then I have my green flag people, which is ironically named because they're like actually red flags of people. Like I wish <laughs> I had a red version, but um, they're just green because these specific page flags, my least favorite shade is green. But mm-hmm. we have lost a lot of the green people. Like we've lost some of the worst offenders of the green flag. Thank you, Michael Moe, for your service. Truly. I'm so excited about him. Congratulations, by the way. Like, yeah. doing that much with that much with a lucky loser spot, very impressive. Very. But, you know, we've lost Alexander Zverev, Nicolas Bachelor... Ba- Basil Man. Basil Man. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> and Nick Curios was a, you know, victim of himself, frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got some karma going on there. Thank you, Taylor Fritz. You, you gave us a couple of really good Morgan Get Ready With Me's, some of her best work. Mm-hmm. And you also took out a rat. So we love to see it. We do. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that's exactly what you wanted to come out of your Australian Open 2023. I'm sure <laughs> that's that's exactly, that's exi- that's it. Listen, he did what needed to be done. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I can't, I mean, I can't ask for more, but I won't. The thing that's interesting and should be noted is you guys, fully on accident, I didn't, I just, out of habit, I did give Stefanos a pink flag. And I, I don't know how to feel about that, but I'm just going to let it happen. Okay. I don't, I don't want to hear it. Yeah, just, just breeze right over that, you know? It's, it's fine. It's not, but... I could have taken it off. I didn't. Once the, once the tabby is there, the tabby's there. Which is not true, because you've... Yeah. I mean, the tabbies literally move every round. <laughs> <laughs> which is, it also isn't true, because I'm pretty sure mid-tournament, you've switched someone from, like, a pink to, or an orange to a green. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I definitely have. Yeah, you're like, you're shit-listed. Boom. Orange. Get out of here. Or so, green. Get out of here. Also... Interestingly, all of my green flags are on the bottom half of the draw. So that's fun. That's great. Miranda, what was your craziest match of round one? Hmm. I 
don't, I feel like I don't pay that much attention to round one matches. Looking at this list here, I think that Mateo, Andy from the bottom and Rafa Jack from the top. Mm, that's, those are some good ones. Did you, you watch those? I did. Two old men won somehow. Uh, Rafa's a little bit less surprising to me because I think he's in way better shape than middle hip Andy Murray. Well, he was. <laughs> he was. Now he has some, I don't even know what the, is he some injury? I can't pronounce it. Basically has like a torn hip flexor or something, which sounds fucking awful as someone yeah. who's had a hip flexor injury, like barely. Like, it sounds terrible. I'm sure Andy Murray is like, uh, try having a metal hit. I mean, yeah, that's true. These men didn't even play against Sebi Corda. Like, what happened? What's going on? I really, <laughs> is this the year of the hip? The hips are lying this year. <laughs> I don't know. Something is happening. Yuri versus Borna, which was one of, uh, one of your favorites, I think. I, you know, I'm really kind of upset about this one because I wrote down Yuri Lehechka as being the winner of that match. And then I crossed it out and wrote Borna mm-hmm. instead because I wanted Borna to win. Sorry, Yuri. Love you. You're a sweetie, but I love Borna more. I should have should have just kept it mm-hmm. as it was because Yuri Lehechka has been playing some fantastic tennis. He beats, he's a rad exterminator. He beat Sasha Zverev in the United Cup. He played really well against Taylor at the United Cup and he almost beat Cam Nori in Auckland. So that's going to be an interesting matchup to move forward to what? Round four? Three? Round three. Round three. Don't get ahead of yourself, Katie. (laughs) Sorry. Round three. (laughs) So ahead of ourselves. What were other ones that you watched? Were there any, like, other, I don't know, any other craziness from round one? I don't really think so. I had a Foki and uh, Bublik on at a certain point, so, like, I watched that one, but not a tender report there. Oh, Andre Dami. It was, it was hard. It was hard. It's, it's very interesting to me just how well the Americans are doing. And I'm trying to think about the reasons that might be. And it's like, do, do the Americans take the off season more seriously? Do, do we like recover and train more? We, as though I'm fucking involved in this <laughs> shit. <laughs> um, but like, what, what do you, th- do you think there's a reason for that? Like, are the, I don't know. I feel like it has to be that they're just not participating in as much off-season events. Like, they're not going to Mm -hmm. exhibitions. Like, you look at this draw. You have Brooksby, uh, JJ Wolf, uh, Michael Moe, Mackie McDonald, Nakashima. I mean, Nakashima won the next gen, but he lost to Mackie McDonald. Like, Mm -hmm. did he not get as much recovery time to prepare for Australia? Or is it just a bad matchup? Like, are the Americans just getting really good matchups? Because I frankly don't know a lot about their American matchups. Yeah, I don't know. I think the the Americans thing is interesting. I also, one thing that I was thinking about with the Netflix curse, Katie, I don't know if you saw this, but I follow Morgan on Twitter. She has like Mm -hmm. a private Twitter account, but like, you know, she lets people follow it. So it's not like that private, but whatever. I managed to get in. (laughs) Oh, oh, I'm so So glad. People are going to be like, Katie has a Twitter. It's like, "Mm." (laughs) so on Morgan's Twitter, she was talking about how it was kind of making her upset some of the initial reactions to Breakpoint. There was like one specific reaction that she heard on a podcast she was listening to about it. And she was saying how kind of like disheartening it was and that everyone involved in the Netflix show was like, frankly, quite worried about it and worried about the way that they would come across on the show. And I wonder if having that kind of worry in the back of their mind right before like the preparation time for the Australian Open, like up until last week, so obviously it came out on Friday of last week. Like it's literally, it hasn't even been out for a full week yet. Mm-hmm. I wonder if the stress of like not knowing the way that they're going to come across, because according to Morgan, she didn't see any of it before it came out. Yeah. I feel like that has to be part of the quote unquote Netflix curse is like that mindset and like that stress of not knowing the way that you're going to come across. And also the the pressure of the fact that people will now be perceiving you and like looking at you during like other, oh God, like during gross. matches and stuff. I know, like, can't imagine it. Couldn't be me. <laughs> Truly. But like, yeah, I think that's part of it. I just think, I don't know if that can be understated. Like, I think people are not giving that enough credit that I think that that might have had something to do with it. But I think so too. But maybe Netflix is also just cursed. What do we know? Maybe. So we kind of went out of order here a little bit. Katie, do you yeah. have anything to say about Rafa versus Jack Draper? Because this was a match that people were like very into. It was a very engaging match. I watched this one and paid a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. I'm not entirely sure who I was rooting for, frankly. Like, I don't I don't know if I yeah. can answer that question. But, 
How'd you feel about it? I had a fun time until Jack Draper was injured or cramping. Yeah, that was sad. Which makes me wonder, like, people are talking a lot on Twitter, like, what is the LTA doing? <laughs> like, Yeah, it seems like a common, common theme across both, like, men's and women's tennis, too, is the, like, injuries and stuff and general fitness of, like, these athletes competing for Britain. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know either. But if it was an actual injury, I feel like, I feel like I'd feel a lot worse for Jack Draper, but it was, like, cramping, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that sucks. I don't want that to happen. But also at the same time, I'm like, that's a fitness issue. Like, he didn't fall and, like, yeah. break his arm. He didn't roll his ankle. Like, those are different injuries that you can't really control, whereas this is a little bit different. And that's a, been an issue, I think, for Jack Draper over the last couple months, not just now. Like, this is still an ongoing issue. <laughs> So, and I don't know what his off season was like. It did seem like he had a, you know, pretty complete off season, but again, like like we said in our preview, uh, I feel bad for him that like this is where he felt like that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. It really you know? does. Suck. You could have drawn, ugh, I don't know. You could have drawn any one of these other people in round one. I'm looking at literally all of them, and I'm like, yeah, every single one of these except maybe a couple. Except Djokovic would have been better. Yeah, sure. Like literally. I was gonna say against Tsitsipas, who now is the top seed left in the draw at round three. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> but he did beat Steph in uh, Canada, so. Oh. Right? That was Canada. Yeah, uh, no, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Oh my god, you're right. Okay. I watched that match. <laughs> Traumatizing. All those, like, late summer hardcore matches, like, they all or tournaments they all kind of bleed together they really do and i also blocked out a lot of montreal because it was very dramatic <laughs> except for the mm-hmm. final the yeah, final was great not good <laughs> <laughs> the final was great any other matches should i keep us keep us on track you have a note in our notes doc saying that rba is growing on you do you want to explain yourself katie do i have to <laughs> Um, I mean, this is a podcast. The entire point is us explaining ourselves. RBA is growing on me because of the family of it all. His son is so adorable. Um, He had won a match. I think it was probably in Auckland or Adelaide to Electric Boogaloo. And his son like is like a toddler. He's like a little little bean sprout. And he just runs across Mm -hmm. the court and RBA like scoops him up and is like hugging him and stuff. And it's the cutest thing I've ever seen. I'm just like, wow, I didn't I didn't not like you before. But now I'm like, you're a family man. You're so cute. Also, why do people call him horse girl? I still don't really understand that besides the fact that he just has horses. Like, I think that's what it is. And I think that's all it takes. By the way, RBA for the uninitiated, we're talking about Roberto Bautista Agut, mm-hmm. um, who in round three will be playing Andy Murray. Which, congratulations, RBA, you're probably getting to the fourth round. <laughs> Andy Murray played a, f- he played a five hour, 45 minute match. Like, yeah, but we also would have said that about Tanasi Kokonagas. So, you know, true. The other one that was kind of sad to watch and also, I don't know, weird. Like, what is going on with is Felix okay? What's going What's happening? What kind of is it Netflix curse? What's going on? I feel like he's fighting it somehow. Um, We made a joke about um, Tony Nadal making a deal with like a crossroads demon um, (laughs) because that's when Rafa and Felix started playing better. And then it was like, okay, well, the crossroad demon was like, you got to pick only one. And apparently he picked Felix because Felix somehow pulled it out against Molchan. Yeah, which is actually how you know that didn't happen because he never yeah. would have picked Felix. <laughs> never, ever in a million years. <laughs> so someone made a dueling deal with a, with the same crossroads demon. And so he was like, never mind. Yeet. I'm sitting in this guy's box instead. We'll talk about Breakpoint in full at a, at a later point. Like, we today's will. not that day. Today's not um, that day. But we're giving it a little bit of time to, to live with it and let it simmer. Unfortunately, Felix, in the first round, he got bageled in the first set by Vazic Pospisil, who was also a Canadian, and they had just won the Davis Cup together. So it feels particularly cruel that they had to play each other first round. As we're here talking about the first round, one of my favorite parts of the first round of a slam, of the first round of, like, the, the first tournament on a new surface or, you know, whatever similar things is seeing the new kits that everyone gets to wear so katie who had your favorite new kit and would you like to describe it to us because this is not a visual medium i would love to this is what i would love to explain further Mm -hmm. my favorite is a shocking pick uh maybe controversial yet brave and that is francis tiafo's kit he is wearing it's the nike one um and he's wearing a sleeveless shirt and it has what i like to call gay pride lava on it it looks like gay pride lava because it's just all these bright pastel colors Mm -hmm. and um the true gay icon a lava lamp is what he looks like and it's shirt and pants like shirt and pants both of them 
Yeah, short shorts. Yeah, sorry, shorts and, and top. Imagine he gets out there in pants, <laughs> no <laughs> sleeves, but full pant legs. <laughs> full pant legs, like full like like um parachute pants. Honestly, would be a moment. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, get some capris like old school Rafa. Honestly, I think he would look great in it. But I'm I'm of the opinion that Francis Tiafo can wear anything, and he would look fantastic. He's just stunning. I generally. Don't think any of these guys should be allowed to wear sleeveless shirts. Like it's just it's a lot, and mm-hmm. I'd like to blame Zvera for ruining that for me. Yep. However, um, Francis is allowed those rights, so you know approved yes. by me. <laughs> Stamp of approval. <laughs> Thank you. I'm sure you know all he wants is approval from me. Like that's so important. He literally yeah. could not give less of a fuck, and that's literally. fine. That's why I love him. Mm-hmm. So who's who's your favorite kit, Miranda? And how did you see it? That's what's more Ooh, important to me. I had a few faves, um, and my method was a little bit different. It was interesting. You get sort of a soft launch on the kits uh, from the Australian Open TV YouTube channel. Um, they have a stream that's essentially like a couple of practice courts, and then there's also a stream of like the inside locker room and like hallways and training grounds and all of this stuff. So you get a really good behind the scenes of like where all the players are at different times and like who's talking to who. And there was a while there where I don't know if they knew where the cameras were. So it felt (laughs) a little like sneaky. And if there's one thing about me, it's that I am nosy and I just want to know what people are doing. And I, I don't want them to know that I know, you know what I mean? Like, so it's a whole thing. I was obsessed. I still am obsessed with this. Like, this might be my favorite thing, period. Like, I love it so much. So I was getting, like, soft launches on, like, oh, my God, you guys, Yannick is wearing purple shorts. Oh, my God. This is what Andre's wearing. I hate it, but we moved. (laughs) Who let him wear dark colors in, in, in Australia? Who let him do that? Here's the thing. Nobody let him. It's a decision that he decided to make. And it's the wrong decision. Yeah. We move. Yeah, he should have... I don't know. I don't know what he should have done. But my favorite kit, to answer your question, Katie, <laughs> after 17 years, to answer your question, it's it's Hubie. Mm-hmm. It's Hugh Bestie. Really, it's so good. It's this, um, you know, short sleeve top, normal, normal collar, and it's purple. And like a lilac, lavender haze moment. I just love it. It looks so nice. It looks like cool, you know, it's not too dark mm-hmm. of a purple that it would retain a lot of heat. Um, and there's also this like subtle floral on it that I find very interesting that looks like, I don't know, something like a couch in Marie Antoinette's house. Like that's what this looks like. And Not her I house. just love it. Her house. Her house. You mean Versailles? In Versailles. In Versailles. Marie Antoinette's house. Call up Bestie Marie, ask for an invite. Actually don't. That's a really bad idea. It well. No, it really did not. She mm-hmm. she was not having a good time. Yeah, nobody was. Nope. She, yeah. Frankly, she was having the best time of everybody until she wasn't. Until she wasn't. She was eating cake until she couldn't anymore. Anyway, um that's my favorite my favorite kit was the the Hubie kit. It it's also one of my favorites. It really it flatters him well too. Like I don't mm-hmm. usually like collars, but I feel like Hubie's the kind of guy where it fits. And mm-hmm. the color looks really good on him for some reason. It's He's slaying. I'm very, mm-hmm. very happy with it. Favorite kit we went over. Least favorite kit. I need to exhume the corpse of Hugo Boss for multiple reasons. Like I just anyway, we do, we, we don't stand. Um no. but I mostly just need to have a conversation with them about what they're doing with Mateo's kids because for a fashion house, I get that their focus is suiting, whatever. For a fashion brand, awful. Like, terrible, terrible work. Uh, doing, I, go on, girl, give us nothing. The absolute least. And, like, here's the thing. You don't have to do a ton. Mm-mm. And I get that they're not gonna do a ton because all they have is Mateo. Like, mm-hmm. if they had more athletes, maybe they would do more. But um, it really... Other girls are doing the most, and by other girls, I mean Nike, and it Mm. really puts into perspective that, like, Mateo shows up in the same fit every single week. Actually, that's not true, because he doesn't show up every single week. (laughs) My fave part-time tennis player. (laughs) Full-time model. (laughs) My least favorite is, I know this is maybe an unpopular opinion, but it's the hydrogen kit, which we didn't see very much of, because I think the only person that's uh, sponsored by hydrogen is Ilya Ivashka anymore. We don't need to get into that. 
because Aslan used to be, but he's no longer in Hydrogen Kits. I don't know. The speculation is there. I don't think we didn't notice. We we did notice. I particularly hate this because um, if you didn't see, which I imagine most of you wouldn't have, because um, unless why would a, you? Why like? Are you like my dog who loves Botic Van Dejanschloop? Because that's who Ilya Ivashka played in the first round. Um, I'm sorry if you're an Ilya Ivashka stan. And your dog would have loved uh, the kit because it's black and white. She would have been able to see. Yeah, she would have loved it. Um, it the th- to her, Ilya and Francis are wearing the same thing. <laughs> Just slightly different patterns. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. But yeah, it's um it's black and white and it has this like weird pattern on it that looks like an optical illusion and watching him move- It's like a water marble. But it's like an optical illusion water marble. And watching him move around was giving my eyes pain and giving me a migraine. So I was like, I don't like this. This is not for me. So mm-hmm. thank you for your service. You're out of the tournament. Thank you. You also had another honorable mention in terms of kits that I know you want to talk about and we have differing opinions on this one. We do. It is Daniel Medvedev's red kit Mm -hmm. i am a red girly to my core i love red it's my favorite thing you said comrade danya it just it's so fucking funny to me i'm sorry that's what i think whenever anytime the russians were like i'm sorry like i that's what it is my brain has been fully like integrated with the the propaganda like that's just what i think communism yeah sorry i just like i'm i'm done with primary colors like i just i don't want to see it like we're not in kindergarten grow up that goes for Andre too. Which I don't I don't know why. I'm over it. Yeah. He's but he's got a like party in the back, business in the or party in the front, business in the back, because his back is black and like the front is blue. So I don't know. He has something like that going on. But I also hate I hate the two-tone kits that are two-tone front and back. Yeah. Because to me, I'm like, did you run out of fabric? Like what happened? It doesn't look intentional. It it doesn't, especially when it's like two very different colors. Like they're both dark, mm-hmm. but like it doesn't, there's no like rhyme or reason to it. If it was like a dark purple and a light purple, maybe I could kind of understand a little bit more, but like mm-hmm. blue and black? Or if it's like a pattern on the front and then a solid color that would fit into that pattern on the back. But then yeah. again, I also think like, what did you just run out of fabric? Like commit. Yeah, commit to the bit. Say what you want about Francis, he's committed. He's committed. The shorts and the shirt. Actually, I think that shirt might be white on the back. It is, but I can at least, I can at least with that one, if you're going to play tennis, like you should have some, like the white on the back makes sense because, you know, you're facing like the sun or whatever and like it's on your back. Yeah. Speaking of white on the back, a bird shot on Alexander Zverev. Literally, thank you, bird. Maybe I love birds now. Like I notoriously hate birds with yeah. like a burning passion. Like I, they're my nemesis. I hate them. Maybe I have no choice but to stand now. No choice. Do yeah. birds have the sense like dogs do, where like you can, like they like know when someone's a bad know. person. So mm-hmm. the bird knew. Like tofu when he took a picture with the. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes, <laughs> he looked terrified. Tofu was like, "Get away from me!" No. That's for a very specific niche of the audience <laughs> that will understand that. Well, maybe. Is it? I don't know. Tofu don't know. is um, Dasha Saville, who's a WTA player, and Luke Saville, who's her husband. To- Tofu is their dog who, like, goes around to the different tournaments. Well, mostly the tournaments in Australia. And, like, other players take photos with him. He's very cute. He's so cute. Um, we-, we love Tofu. He's a cutie. So cute. We love We love any dog, really. I think it's a good omen. That Sasha got shot on by the bird. And then he, like, could he... He couldn't go, like, shower or something. Yeah. Like, he just had to play with shit on. And it's not like the Riley Opelka situation where, like, the bird shot on his hat. Yeah, just take the hat off. And then he was dramatic about changing the hat, which, as an advertising girlie, I do understand. Right. But Sasha just had to play with shit in his hair. And that's karma. Karma is a bird <laughs> shitting on a rat's karma. head. <laughs> so true. Karma... Karma's a double fault. Like... <laughs> So many anyway, things. Karma's <laughs> oh a ripped tendon in your ankle. Anyway. Anything yeah. else to say about kits? I don't think so. So I think that's really like, those are the notable ones. Shoppa mm-hmm. oh. looks good in the shorts. I'll give him that. Yeah. Also, he said shut the fuck up to 12 year olds. He just said shut up. Okay. That's better. He said shut up in general. And I think to the 12 year olds, he accused them of being too drunk. <laughs> Which it is Australia. So like, wouldn't put it past him. Entirely possible. Like this is like, it's it's a free for all over there. It's a free for all over here too. Wouldn't put it past him if he said that in New York. It is what it is. Okay, round two. 
Most interesting round two matches that you saw. I'm trying to think, like, which are the ones that I even watched from the bottom last night? I literally turned on Rublev versus Savori. I turned on, what else from here? I turned on the Casper match, Casper versus uh, Brooksby. I had Tommy mm-hmm. Paul versus Foki on because I was like, that's going to be a fun one. It was. Delivered. I don't think I watched any of Marie and Kokonakis because I think I had gone to bed by that point. There was also a time when I was watching Wolf and Schwartzman and then I was also watching like Ben Shelton's match for a sec. I just, you know, quickly switched over there. And Taylor Fritz and Alexi Proprin is another one that I turned on. So I missed most of the other ones, but those I was at least half paying attention to while watching the live stream of the locker room. Bottom half, I watched all of those. I think that's basically all I watched as well, because mm-hmm. some of them went really long. I should have been watching. I should have tuned into the beginning of PCB's match. However, he was playing Benjamin Bonzi, mm-hmm. and I thought he would win, so I didn't worry. Um, turns out I was wrong. Your PCB's good luck charm. Clearly, I needed to stay up until 4 a.m. to watch it, but I'm so sorry, Pablo. Yeah, we had a podcast to record, Pablo. I'm sure you yeah, understand. I'm sorry. Pablo's <laughs> like, what's a podcast? I don't know. <laughs> I just don't feel like he No, I think he knows. I think he knows. I think he knows, you know, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anyone on the draws who would not know what a podcast was. <laughs> Do you think Andre Rublev knows what a podcast is? I think so. They have emo podcasts, though. <laughs> uh, Steph definitely knows what a podcast is because he has had one before, if people don't know about that. Um... <laughs> give it give it a, a search on Spotify after you finish this one. It's, it's not on Spotify anymore. You have to go real deep to find it. Anyway, yeah, I'm literally looking. Mm, if I'm going to give this to anyone... I feel like Foki might not know. He's just learning to read, so maybe. (laughs) (laughs) No, but you just listen to podcasts. It's not that hard. I feel like Foki would. Yeah, I think all of these are like, you know, men in their 20s and 30s who I think are probably like, we should start a podcast. And they're right. I would listen to any one of them. Katie, if you could pick three to four of any of these players to start a podcast. Okay. Like any three to four, I guess. I'm going to say four. All together. And they have to speak English. Oh, that's interesting. Who would you want to hear from? What's like an interesting combo? And you can edit out all of your thinking time. Well, I have two immediate answers that spring to mind. One, I think it would be hilarious to have a Andre, Danya, Karen podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think it'd be really funny because I do like Andre always talks about how he can't speak English that well. And like, yeah. he's lying. He knows how to speak English. Like he's actually very funny in English. Yeah. The thing that you're not considering with that specific combo is that's not Andre, uh, Daniil, and Karen having a podcast. That's just Karen having a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> very true. That's the thing you failed to think true. about. That's true. Um, my other one is a very boring answer, which mm-hmm. is Faux, Taylor, Tommy Paul. Yeah. They'd just be spectacular together. And Riley Opelka, I guess. I'll throw Riley in there, even though he's not in the draw. <laughs> he's not in the draw. He's not in the draw, but I'm just saying, like, he would also be on that podcast, probably. <laughs> I don't know. He actually seems to have, like, beef with podcasts, but I, I digress. We don't need to talk about that right now. He has beef with people who clip things out of podcasts, and then people take things out of out of context. <laughs> I wonder who would ever do such a thing. Who Couldn't would do be me. That? Whoops, Ooh. my bad. I still feel bad about that. It's just, that was so out of proportion. But anyway, Anyway. (laughs) who would you want to see in a podcast? Just because I would love to hear them. Do we only, can we only do like people who are left in or can we do anyone? I made the rules, so I guess I can say whatever. I feel like looking at this, Casper already has a podcast. Mm -hmm. Also, Casper, please come on our podcast. Yeah, I'm like, who do I want to force to have a conversation? Because I want to force, like, I, I think it would be hilarious if like, you know, Danielle and Stefanos had a podcast. Like, I just think <laughs> they would be a fucking mess. Like, I... They would. I don't know what to tell you. It's all in a very specific part of the draw. Like, they're, these are all very close together. I feel like Hubie Hercatch, Chapo, Medi and Steph would be hilarious to me. Like, that's just a random combo be. that I'd really enjoy. I would love to have a Hubie Hercatch tea podcast. Where he yeah. just is subtly, sassily shady. Mm-hmm. Um, Hubie Hercatch has really come into his own in this Australian. He has shot straight up the ranks of my liking, of my my tiered list of people. He almost fist pumped so hard during his match that he almost fell over. <laughs> We've all been there. We, we have. I love him with every inch of my being. And um, before I was like, oh, we got to protect Hubie Hercatch. Now I'm like, Hubie Hercatch could protect me. <laughs> oh it's my just... God. That's funny. 
I think that's true. He's playing the game and I have to applaud it. And so I'm kind of rooting for him. Except for not if he plays in the fourth round against Danya. So true. Because I'm sorry, I have to root for Danya. Mm -hmm. It's law. It truly is law. I want to throw Tiafo in there. I just think it'd be funny. But um, Mm -hmm. I might have to think about that a little bit more. If we can take people that are already out, I might throw Borna Chorich in there as well. Just because I feel like he's going to ask the questions that I feel like I want to be asked. Like, he's going to bring the conversations to a place that I'm, like, going to be interested in. Yeah, Borna is... Unhinged. Because I was going to say, like, maybe he's just woefully ignorant of, like, Mm -mm. the things that he's doing. But the amount that he's done, that man knows. He knows knows. exactly what he's doing. (laughs) And I love it. Please continue doing it, Borna. I'm not mad. (laughs) Not mad. Either that or he has an excellent social media manager who knows what she's doing. Mm-hmm. He has an excellent Gen Z woman running his social media, which they all should, frankly. Like, it's, you all should. Anyone needs a meme maker? Look no further. My contact information is nowhere to be found, but... No worries. <laughs> Backhands of compliments at gmail.com. Help you run your account. Oh, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Um, Literally. Okay, so round two matches. I feel like we started talking about this and then I kind of got distracted. Looking at the top of the draw, which of these did I watch? I feel like definitely less of them because the ones that I wanted to watch were on much later. I watched mm-hmm. the Yonix Center match that he played in the second round. I think I watched the Felix match too. But mm-hmm. again, my memory is just not as good. This day I, I took to go to bed early because I was like, I'm not staying up late enough to like watch. Oh, and I watched the Rafa match. Duh. Oh, yeah. Right. I watched that one. I watched Francis play mm-hmm. Shang, who's 17 very young that's one to watch if you're one who likes to watch younger like younger players who are coming up i think shang's a good one he hits the ball so hard and sometimes that's all you can ask for yeah and he's a cutie he's a certified cutie you know little little cute little orange um as we Mm -hmm. like to say but foe played really well now francis plays karen which Another Papa Rublev sighting in Karen's box. So true. It's giving married. I think Papa Rublev is going to have the time of his life. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I wish I was Papa Rublev. I would love to go to that Karen foe match. I mean, we do say, like, we love Papa Rublev, etc. I think we, we've we talked a lot about, like, Andre not letting people go into his box. I also think it's a distinct possibility that they don't want to go in there. Because I cannot think of anything that would be more miserable than, like, being... A loved one of Andre Rublev sitting in his box. Like, I don't know. Fernando gets a lot of, gets a lot from Twitter. Like, people just seem to not really like him. I might get shit for this, but I think, like, being Andre Rublev's coach is probably a deeply stressful experience. Because I think yeah. caring about him is probably a deeply stressful experience. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, I, I said this yesterday to you, I was like, as someone who has a parasocial relationship with him, that mm-hmm. is also very pained by watching him sometimes, I can't imagine actually being a loved one of his. Yeah, I just, I can't, like, I was, I felt the same way yesterday watching the uh, Morgan and Taylor's box when, like, you're having to listen to all of the Australians be incredibly obnoxious, and as someone who's been rooting against a French person playing in Paris, like, had a match um it's a horrible experience so like hear Mm -hmm. the local crowd who probably doesn't even actually know like that much about the person they're rooting for and all of that stuff like but they just are rooting for the home team quote unquote Mm -hmm. it just seems awful and then similarly like seeing your loved one get injured or something like also seems horrific the mary the tears from mary that we saw during the nadal mcdonald match it really it broke something inside of me Mm -hmm. it was so upsetting and like because i was upset when i saw him get hurt anyway it was funny i actually captured me seeing him get hurt on a voice message to you (laughs) (laughs) completely derailed what i was saying and Mm -hmm. i was distressed as someone who was like just wanted like you know i I love rafa i don't want him to be injured and i want to see this match continue because it was playing at a very high level but then seeing mary like being so distressed it it was it was traumatizing (laughs) it really is like Traumatizing, it makes you realize just how much these people are going through and how much like their families are going through and stuff like that. I think that that's kind of crazy. That's one of the things that like 
frankly, we haven't talked about Breakpoint yet. Obviously, we will. I think we're giving it, Mm -hmm. like... I feel like I've lived with Breakpoint for so long. It will have been out a week (laughs) tomorrow. So, like, it hasn't been that long. It hasn't been that long. One of the things I would have loved to see them focus on is maybe in, like, Taylor's episode or something like that, you're focused a lot on how Taylor feels about his injury. How do, like, his loved ones... You're getting, I guess, information, like, and stuff like that from his coach. Like, you're getting... I don't remember his coach's name. But uh, like Russell, Mike Russell. Yeah, Michael Russell. Thank you. You're getting mm-hmm. their perspective, Paul Anacone, like all of those things. You're not getting how does Morgan feel? You're not getting how like Taylor's parents feel or something seeing this injury and knowing like maybe if he plays on it, it's going to be bad. Again, I'm not getting choked out my voice. It's just the morning. <laughs> Hold on. That was one of the things that I think Drive to Survive did really well was like initially super close to the beginning of the show. They set up the stakes of like people die. And I don't think like they didn't set up the stakes as well in Breakpoint because the stakes aren't really as high. But there are stakes of people like Roger Federer who gets that knee injury and like he's going to feel the effects of that every single day of the rest of his life. Mm -hmm. And people like Delpo who he's going to feel his injury every single day for the rest of his life. Like that was one of the things I really wish they would have brought up. And I think like to watching those matches not yesterday, but the day before, really put that into perspective for me of just how, like, stressful that would be. Yeah, and I think that's, that is something that I also missed was, like, because I recently saw Andy Murray um, was talking about how he would not still be playing if it wasn't for his wife, um, Kim, I think her name is, and Roger Federer's talked about this, too, I, I don't know about Djokovic or Rafa, but about how Basically, they were like, if you want me to stop playing, I will. And their wives basically being like, no, continue. They're like, I don't want you in my house. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, Crazy. But I, we also see this too with Anne Shabor in the Breakpoint episode, which we'll talk about more. But Ugh. her husband being such a strong support system for her and I think that's Mm -hmm. actually a really good place of where they showed obviously she didn't get injured but when you're really rooting for someone to continue on and also the fact that we as we don't see the mental toll after they lose like that Mm -hmm. is the fear of failure is really what the stakes are in tennis like if you lose it's all on you and that's what you think about. Like, I just think about how ma- broken Mateo was in that press conference. Like, Oh, my God, that- Mateo. Mateo. <laughs> Andy Murray didn't win that match. I mean, he didn't. But, like, Mateo lost that match first because yeah. he had a match point. He just needed to get the ball over the net, and he didn't. And, like, I'm sure that will replay in his brain for the rest of his life. Um, or at least maybe for the next couple of weeks. There is a very big mental... And you were talking about this, too, is, like, we want to see them celebrate. I also want to see like the aftermath as well and like you have to you as a loved one will have to be the one to take care of the person who has lost and the person you care about and seeing them in so much pain over a fucking sport first of all but also like this is their livelihood this is their dream you know think about how soul crushing it is to like not get your dream and that happens every single week (laughs) for these people like yeah Yeah, there's so much more that i think they could have set up there aside from like i well anyway we don't need to talk about breakpoint right now but one of the um one of my favorite things about this has been, you know, like I said, watching that live stream thing and realizing like they're warming up in the exact same locker room, like ten feet away from each other. Not the locker room, the like warm up room. Yeah. And like after the match, they're on the bike, like, you know, ten feet away yes. from the other person that they that was their opponent, like doing their little debrief from the match. <laughs> it's kind of great. It, they made it seem in breakpoint as though you just go home after a match. Like they didn't really underscore that and I think if you're trying to understand a bit more about like the lifestyle and what it's actually like to be one of these players I like the live stream the thing it's really giving for me is like I used to be a big brother fan and I would watch like the live feeds of big brother I loved it so much again I'm so fucking nosy like this does not shock me at all (laughs) no I'm sure it doesn't but um the it it felt very like big brother live feed except no one's mic'd up which I was like oh this would be so much better if they were mic'd up (laughs) It really Ugh. would be. Ugh. Yeah. How dare. I think that that match with Mackie and Rafa put a lot into perspective for us in general. And I think, I don't know, that was the one that was most like striking to me from the top half of the draw. Also yeah. striking to me, though, from the top half of the draw is just how um, Steph is really like on the clock for these. Like he he's getting billed by the hour. Like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> 
Oh, Steph. Maybe he's just really good. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, Maybe. I don't know. He's like really good. (laughs) It's almost like he made the semis here last year. Since we're talking about mentality a little bit, I just want to bring up something. And this is me being a little bit crazy. Um, I watched (laughs) Cam Nori play Luca Van Ash. Um, that was a first mm-hmm. round match. And the first set of that match was very intense. And like Luca Van Ash, not to take anything away from him, he played really well. However, Cam Nori looked like so, like he was on edge. Like he was so wound so tight. Like he was a, just a spring ready to snap in that first set. So I looked it up because I was like, what, what's his like record at Australia? He lost last year in the first round. Um, I think he played Sebi Korda, which how that was a first round matchup last year in the Australian is wild to me. And now, you know, wow. lost in on the same arena that he was playing in his first round match. So I was like, could be some weird juju there. But he did end up winning. Well, it is his home slam. It is. <laughs> I can't wait to make that joke during the French. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, no, every any tournament Cam Nori plays because he's from everywhere. Any tournament Cam Nori plays this is home slam. And I'm gonna say that. So mm-hmm. you know, congratulations to Cam Nori, um, a man of the world. <laughs> Steph did say that he considers Steph considers Australia his home slam, which I think is funny. I think that is funny. And you know, I don't actually disagree with him there. Like, seeing how Mm -hmm. much Greek support there is in Australia, like, there's a very large Greek population in Australia. And he plays really well there. (laughs) There's literally, I don't think, even a tournament in Greece. Like No, there's not. I mean, there's Monte Carlo, but... (laughs) Yeah, I consider Monte Carlo his home slam, but I guess he doesn't. (laughs) I also have a theory that I think he's going to play fewer tournaments this year, which, first Mm. of all, like, it's hard to not play fewer because he played so many. Yeah. But I think buying that house in Monte Carlo, to me, was a sign that he is, I, I think probably strategically he should play fewer smaller tournaments and try and like you know be a little bit more prepared for the big ones but that's just me yeah i guess we'll find out that's my theory my prediction speaking of predictions katie um do you have any controversial yet brave predictions for who will win next round matches Ooh. I think my upset that I'm going to pick is I maybe this is just me wanting it to be true, but I think Grigor Dimitrov is going to take out <laughs> Novak Djokovic. <laughs> I can't even say that without laughing. Okay. I don't actually think that, but <laughs> mm-hmm. sure, yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. Greeks, please. So, like, Katie, one of these people will be in the semis of the Australian Open, and that list mm-hmm. is. Alexi Poprin, Ben Shelton, JJ Wolf, Michael Moe. Oh. Alexa, stop. <laughs> what did I say? Don't know. Andy Murray, RBA, Tommy Paul, or Jensen Brooksby. One of those people will be an Australian Open semifinalist. Which I actually kind of love that. I love a, I love a, a random one to come out of that. Who's it going to be? I'm hoping it's Tommy Paul. Yeah, That's I'm hoping hope. it's Tommy Paul. Uh, my heart of hearts is saying RBA. But it is crazy mm. that one of Alexi Popper and Ben Shelton, J.J. Wolf, and Michael Moe is going to be a quarterfinalist. Yeah. That's crazy. That's wild. I don't know who that's going to end up being. Is Alexi Poprin going to continue to be an American Slayer? I hope not. I don't think so. Ben Shelton, I don't know. Ben Shelton's still young. Well, this remains to be seen. And then on yeah, the top half, it's just, it's just very, it's, t- the top half feels very typical. Yeah. The, the top half is like, you know... One of, mm, I don't know, some of these people. Like, I'm surprised to see Vaskovic's here. Oh, yeah. Still. Okay. Fukovic? That was another one of my favorite Fus- Twitter Fus- things, was Daniil Medvedev doing the muscles thing. I thought that was funny. That was very funny. My big upset, though, which um, is that Yuri Lehechka is going to get another shot at Cam Nori, and he could pull it out. I have Cam Nori Whoa. moving on, but do not count out Yuri Lehechka. Mackie versus Yoshi. Who's taking it? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I'm going to go with Mackie. Okay. Yeah, which one of these matches tomorrow, or not tomorrow, today, technically? Yeah. Um, so in round three of the top half, which one are you most excited for? And why is it uh, Karen versus Francis or Hubie versus Chavo? <laughs> Um, I'm also going to throw in Sebi versus Danya. I think that's going to be an exciting one. Yeah, I knew you would. I knew you would. (laughs) That could have been our final in Adelaide, but alas, no. Fran versus Felix. I mean, I don't hate it. I also, I'm, here's the thing. I have a very, I don't know why I have a very soft spot for all the Argentinians. I just, I think it's a Mm -hmm. leftover love for Del Potro. Um, he was my favorite player Mm -hmm. growing up. So I just internally love them. Um, so I'm hoping Franz Lindlow 
I'm so sorry, Felix. I love Felix, but I'm rooting for Fran, I think. Yeah, and then, because I think we're going to do this, what, every other round. You have other matches that you're excited about on the bottom half, now that we know who's playing who. Um, I'm not excited for Rublev Evans. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm much less excited for any of these matches at the bottom, because, like, people that I like are playing people I don't like. Like, I like Grigor, but he's playing Novak. Like, yeah. I like Andre, but he's playing Dan Evans. I like Tommy Paul, but he's playing Jensen Brooksby. It's not fun. Yeah, I don't, there's not really much that I was looking forward to. I was unfor- I was really looking forward to the pop. To, uh, sad. Uh, sad. What? That sounded so sad. There's not really much that I'm looking forward to. It's really not. The only one I was hoping, really looking forward to was PCB versus Demon, because they played in the US Open and it was my favorite point of 2022. Um, but we're not going to get it because the Frenchies, once again, thwart me and my mm-hmm. agendas. As they're want to do. As they're Ugh. want to do. Ugh. Who's taking it, Katie? Who's taking it? It's Novak Djokovic. Um, it's still Novak? Well, I didn't pick Novak. So my actual final that I picked <laughs> when I did my draw um, for our family thing um, was um, Taylor. So um, RIP mm-hmm. me. Taylor versus Steph. Um, so Steph's still mm-hmm. in it. It's probably going to be Novak, but just I, I'm, I'm going to put go out on a limb here and say it's going to be Andre. Andre is taking it. And that's my hopefulness. That's great. I know. Listen. But you're not here to be boring. Exactly. So Listen. I am. <laughs> and you're picking Djokovic. It's still going to be Novak. Like, that's what's deeply upsetting think- is there's going to be all of these, like, fun, random matchups of, like, people who were qualifiers or lucky losers. There's two lucky lo- or one lucky loser now. Um, Michael Moe was a lucky mm-hmm. loser. who were going far in the draw. And, like, then it's going to be, like we said, with Adelaide Part 1, um, deeply uh, conventional and boring yeah michael mo he's taking the whole thing he's taking the whole thing you heard it here first folks <laughs> the luckiest of losers the luckiest of losers i love the phrasing the phrasing lucky loser is so funny to me because i'm like oh we should all be so lucky like because right? i'm definitely a loser i am not a lucky loser <laughs> Yeah, it's Michael Moe um, and then Dennis Kudla, who did go out, um, are giving lucky girl energy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lucky, lucky girl. girl syndrome. Lucky girl syndrome. Who's the luckiest girl left in the draw that isn't a lucky loser? And why is it Steph? It's it's Steph. Might also be Djokovic. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't know if any of that is luck. No, it's it's not luck. He's extremely good. I, I saw Holger Rune's, Rune's name and I was like... He could take it, which makes me deeply upset, but so I'm just going to not speak that into existence. Yeah, unfortunately, he could take it because we know that he could beat Djokovic, but, you know, whatever. Which, the fact that I would have to root for Holger over Djokovic is deeply upsetting to me. Yeah, that was also at a different time in the season. Like, I don't know. He's doing that in November. I don't know if he's doing that in January. Which are actually not that far apart. (laughs) What a concept. And it was also indoors and not in Australia. Because Djokovic, I think, is going to be a crowd favorite against everyone, frankly. Except maybe Demon. If Demon wins against Bonsai, he would play Djokovic in the fourth round. And I think um, he's probably the only one who would be a crowd favorite over Djokovic. And even then, I am not sure. Yeah. That feels very, like, Francis versus uh, Carlos at the US Open. Yeah. I was worried about Carlos in that match because I know Carlos does really well at being a crowd favorite and i was mm-hmm. like i don't think he will be because i think francis will be because it's in the u.s but um as annoying as everyone else thinks that americans are in terms of like our tennis fandom i think we're like one of the least annoying nations because we're like the least likely to cheer for the home team because we don't have as much like our sports were much more likely to be insular in like mm-hmm. cities and stuff like that so i don't know anyway it's, especially in tennis i don't yeah. think um I think we're one of the least annoying countries, but whatever. Yeah. And even if you were going to be like, oh, America is still annoying. We're not more annoying than anyone else. (laughs) We're not more more annoying than the French. We're definitely not more annoying than the Australians. We're not more annoying than the British. Those are just some some crowds that I think are notoriously annoying that uh, we're not worse than at the very least. But here's the thing, like... I would be more annoying if, like, Mackie McDonald and Taylor Fritz played under their, the flag of California. That's what's funny to me. Which, funnily enough, this is, this reminded us, one of our one of our good friends um, is from Texas. And so she loves Texans. But we were watching the United Cup with her. And she, we told her that Cam Norrie went to TCU. And so she immediately was like, oh, I love him then. Mm-hmm. 
he's not even from America. He just went to college. He doesn't even go here. And he, she's like, no, he oh. He literally does go here, but actually that's all. <laughs> he just came, he saw, he conquered. Like... <laughs> The colonizer in him. He slayed. That's really showing, like, truly, like, people in America will root for the person who's, uh, like, from their state. Like, my mother, we're, I'm from Pennsylvania, um, she roots for J.J. Wolf, like you wouldn't believe because he's from Ohio and we have this Ohio-Pennsylvania solidarity question mark. But... Yeah. <laughs> well, it goes back to people just, like, not realizing how big and how diverse America is mm-hmm. in terms of the United States of America. I remember all the, like, annoying discourse. Uh, ben Shelton posted that he was leaving the U.S. for the first time and there were a lot of, like, Europeans and stuff saying, oh my gosh, it's so crazy that, like, he has been able to... Build build up this many ranking points without ever having to travel outside of his country. And I'm like, well, you know, he's not doing flights that are longer than six hours, but you're, what's that man's name? Jack Draper. And <laughs> you can like, you can build up a lot of ATP points without having to fly anywhere further than six hours away yeah. from London. You can build up way more. You guys in that space, you guys have two slams. You have what, two masters want that no more than more two. than that because i think rome monte carlo madrid Bercy, madrid all are within less than six hours a very close radius yeah so i don't think it's that crazy sure if he built that up without leaving california or without leaving like florida then i would understand and i would like get the gripes but yeah. it's like y'all just don't get how big america is like anything else is the netflix curse real yes or no um no because I don't think curses are real. However, if it is real, I blame Steph. Yeah. I think Steph did the curse. Yeah, I think I Steph, tweeted yeah. that and I stand by it. It's true. I also will believe in that as well. So yeah, if you enjoyed this, we'll be back in a couple of days with the third and fourth round analysis and, you know, usual fuckery. Analysis. We spent 20 minutes talking about their kids. That's analysis. That's analysis. Okay. <laughs> okay? This is, sure. you know. Sure. If, if the dude bros get to talk about, you know serve speeds i get to talk about kids okay we made it through an entire podcast about the australian open without mentioning the balls one time exactly we, we're being bra- very brave about it <laughs> controversial yet brave yeah brave please remember to rate us five stars or not five stars five stars rate us five stars yeah it's uh five stars i think on both apple podcasts and also spotify on spotify you don't leave reviews you just kind of rate it and move on on Apple Podcasts, you also don't have to write a review. So if that's like what's stopping anyone from rating us five stars on Apple Podcasts, you do not have to write a review. You can just give us the five stars and move on with your day. It would be much appreciated. And thank you so much to everyone who has done that. You can also follow us on Instagram at Backhands and Compliments. Yep. And then you can follow us on Twitter at Backhands Pod. Katie put up the incredible um, meme of your big three as tennis reaction photos. And it's incredible. So if you have not participated in that absolute nonsense yet, yes, please I do. recommend that you do. Also, if you have reaction photos that you would like to have included in the next round of it, uh, send them to mm-hmm. our Instagram or DM us on Twitter or something. Um, I will save them and yes. make a new one <laughs> i think around valentine's day you should do people's venus signs Ooh, i very much could smart maybe venus and mars i don't know mm, fun that's all that we have i think um if you have any questions for us about like our thoughts on breakpoint we'll also do an episode on breakpoint at some yeah. point we definitely want to talk about it in full uh it was hard to get us to stop talking about it today so <laughs> yeah. like, we have things to say clearly. so much to say but if you have any questions for us about that if there's anything that you would specifically like to ask us or have us talk about again our dms are open yeah i think i might have to go back and check and make sure our dms are open <laughs> i think our dms are open i think they are i think yeah definitely ask us stuff if you're morgan riddle and you want to come on Hit us up. The door is always open. Thanks so much for listening. Happy Australia. The happy slam. The happy slam was not so happy last night, but we move. We move. We move. It's fine. If there's one thing we're going to do, it's move. It's move. (laughs) Bye. Bye.